welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 560, recorded live on June 2nd, 2018, and here are your hosts, the man who once again doubted my ghoul foo, Dave Pillay. Hey! And the man who once again came to Dave's rescue when he didn't even ask, Andy Lowe. Hi. To be clear, I did ask. I did not ask you specifically. And I never doubted your Google Foo. I, I in fact, complimented you on your uh, fantastic use of it. Why, thank you? You're welcome. Thank you for doing the research. So, should we, uh... There's a, an arcade game. It used to be at Pinball Pete's, and I really, really liked playing it. And Bry liked playing it and was asking me uh, if, if I knew the name. And I'm like, I have no idea. And so I went and I posted to Facebook and Reddit. And said, here's the description of the game. Does anyone know what it means? Like, what it was called? And sure enough, I did. I posted it to the arcade subreddit. Did they figure it out? And it never got published. It's a heavily moderated subreddit, evidently. Okay. And so the mod didn't let the, the post go through. Okay. And I took it down myself before it even went up. Because you gave me the answer. Yeah, hold on. I'm trying to find the exact description of... What you gave me to work with. There is an arcade game I'm looking for. A rectangular footprint about five to six feet long and about three feet across and three feet high with one player on each end. Across each end was a series of about, of about eight large buttons. It's actually five. Uh, the top of the cabinet was transparent. It had eight frosted, again, five frosted white tubes going inside from one player to the other. Each tube had a series of lights on the inside. The goal was to push the light towards your opponent. When the light got close to your side, you would push the button corresponding to that tube to bounce it back to the other player, all set to a techno beat. I'm pretty sure it was called virtual air hockey, but that's not a great term to search by. Does anyone know what it was called? For the Ann Arbor folks, this was at Pinball Pete's until a few years ago. Yeah, it was one of the casualties of the flood in uh, Pinball Pete's. Right, so it was an arcade game at Pinball Pete's, so I just googled Pinball Pete's game list because... Arcades have a very surprising online following of people where people will actually, you know, go and find out, you know, what games are playing at what locations. Like if you ever wanted to know what uh, pinball machines were uh, currently at Pinball Pete seven months ago, I have that list as well. And when they were added. But uh, going down the list, I found one that had listed all the arcade cabinets at Pinball Pete's. Uh, around the time of the flood, actually. And so I just took that list, removed all single-player games, removed all games that were not uprights, which are, you know, standing games, and then, you know, Mm -hmm. started working my way down the list and, you know, just take the name of the game, do a Google search for it and find an image, you know, of it, and then... Bing, bang, boom, Bob's your uncle. I found the game. Took me about, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. It was fun. <laughs> Doing that, that digging? Yeah. I don't know why, but I like digging for information. That's just it's inter- interesting, fun thing to do. Well, I appreciate that you did it. Not only did we find the name of it, we actually found two uh, sellers for it. Did you see for the price, 2, though? I did $2,200. <laughs> That's that's not gonna that's that's not gonna fly. No, I I asked. That's not going to fly. <laughs> <laughs> I was told. Uh, I believe the words were absolutely not in no circumstances. That's a. That's, it was a pretty strong a, no. Yeah, yeah, no. Like, that's a no. pretty strong no. Yeah. So no, that's that's not gonna happen. 
Um, that said, Gali, of all people, Gali, who, who is the uh, one of the owners and managers of Zapzone Laser Tag, messaged me saying, I know the game of which you seek. I'm like, I appreciate that. We we actually found it already, but you know, if you wanted to like put that at Zap Zone, I I'd, I'd be pretty happy. Two thousand dollar machine, god damn. Well, it turns out that there's also yeah, pretty rare actually. Yeah, there's only like five hundred cabinets made. Yeah, uh, there's an arcade out here that I, I'm tempted to be like, hey guys, you you should go get this game. Um, but they have a very different model, business model for the arcade. You pay once and you play as much as you want for the day. Well, yeah, that's the same thing over here. We've got uh, Goebbels up here has a classic arcade. Play all day for just $7 a person. Man, 7 bucks a person? Mm-hmm. That's cheap they compared to our thing. They have 67 games available. Oh, uh, so ours is Geeks Mania. And they have, it's coming up, uh, come on, 25 pinball tables, 100 video arcades, and three pool tables. That's a, that's a lot. A lot of these are like classic arcades, too. Bust a Move, 1943, uh, Gauntlet 2, Gauntlet Dark Legacy. Oh, man. Yeah, these are the it's, guys it's, that it's, I told hey. you about Pinball at the Zoo, right? Yes. Or it's that Pinball Machine Expo here in Kalamazoo every year. Okay. Where they just, it's basically the people from all over the place bring their pinball machines in. And if, you know, they just have pinball tournaments the whole weekend and it's part of the uh, PAP circuit. Okay. I'm going to have to Google what the hell a PAP circuit is. Professional and Amateur Pinball Association. Wow. Okay. So I guess we're one of the places to be. Yep. Sounds like it. Yeah. Trying to find the pricing for this place all day free play no quarters fifteen dollars for an adult uh an adult plus a child is also fifteen dollars an adult and multiple children is ten dollars for the adult and five dollars per child with a maximum of five children per adult oh wow this is actually an old list this list is from 2015 yeah no they've added some more games since then well but it's a good thing the list was from 2015 i assume you're still looking at pinball pete's uh, no, no, I'm looking at the classic arcade around oh. here. Ah. In any case, thank yeah, you for no, finding it's, the it's game. It's nice that the, so, the current, the thing that I found was out of date. But yeah. yeah. Uh, we, 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 we did something. We didn't record last week. No, because it was Memorial Day weekend. And so, you know, I did <laughs> wedding anniversary stuff. Yeah. How was your wedding anniversary? Well, this was the first one with Isaac, so it was, uh, we played everything low-key. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we came in to Ann Arbor on Saturday. We went straight to the Tigers game because it was bobblehead night. <laughs> okay. Hey, man. Bobblehead night. Yeah, bobblehead night. Let me just see what the uh, current rate no, is no, for no, the bobbleheads. Are you planning on selling the bobblehead? Well, we have two of them. Ellen Trammell bobblehead or... Mm-hmm. See, bobblehead sold items. $25, $38, $40, 30 $40. Here we go, yeah. So it's, you know, 30 40 bucks. So if we decide not to keep it, we can probably find somebody to buy it from us. Okay. And some of these other bobbleheads are not going for very much. 2002 Milwaukee Bucks Ray Allen bobblehead, $3. 
Yeah, so we uh, we took him on the his first uh, merry-go-round. Uh huh. And you know we you know, took the uh, pictures and all that jazz, and you know watched the Tigers lose horribly. But that's just you know what happens. Oh, getting getting him started early, huh? Yep. <laughs> get Which, you get know, used he had to the no disappointment. He just you know at one point had a bottle and then promptly fell asleep for about two innings. Yep. I mean that's replace bottle with like flask and that's what i do at a a baseball game (laughs) yeah i i I don't got anything on that anymore like seriously why okay cool sounds like you guys had a good time yep 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 we uh you know stayed at our normal hotel got our free waffles for breakfast we did our couple's massage Mm -hmm. went out for dinner you know and then just uh came home afterwards like i said pretty low-key cool We have a small child with us, so. Yeah, I mean, baby. Mm-hmm. How was your Memorial Day weekend? I had Pathfinder-a-thon. That, that, was, that was my Memorial Day weekend. I had Pathfinder-a-thon. Um, it was intense. Very, very intense. It was a lot of fun. Uh, this year's, um, each, each Pathfinder-a-thon essentially has like a twist. Okay. So, so remember, this is the all-day play Pathfinder. Competitive. Yes. So the first year was... Uh, a race through a mega dungeon. Okay. It was who can get however far through this this giant, like, 20-floor mega dungeon. Uh, the second year was people getting a chance to GM. And so you had a, a, not a mega dungeon, it was a much smaller dungeon, but you got to uh, race through this smaller dungeon. But each floor, each region of the dungeon was a different GM from your party. Someone had to step out of the party, be the GM, and then when you finish, they got to come back, and then someone else was the GM. Third Pathfinder-a-thon was... Um, oh, and for that one, for the, the GM one, uh, everyone started at a like really high level. Like Everyone was level 14. You only oh, had geez. one character, but everyone was level 14. Yeah, or maybe it was like level 11. It was somewhere around there. It was, it was in the double digits. Uh, or maybe... Oh, uh, it, you were powerful. Um, Pathfinder Athon 3, you made a level 5 character, but then we, we didn't plus the level 5 character. Uh, we went through four, you, you did three out of four other gaming systems. So the GMs remade that character in a bunch of other systems. So you got to just experience what that was like, and it was pretty cool. This year, they went back to kind of the the basics. They went back to everyone makes two level one characters, and you are going to level up your character as the day progresses. Instead of racing through a mega dungeon, you race through um, three books from three different adventure paths. Now, these are the published adventure paths, and each book is supposed to take like a month. It's supposed to do sessions. And we did three books in a day. Now, it's because they skipped most of the content of the book. They skipped a lot of the exploration. They skipped a lot of the description. They skipped, like, all of the story. It was just run through the major encounters of those books. But you had ten people on your team. Only five could play at a time. When you weren't, you were essentially leveling up or planning your character out. Because when someone who was in the game, there was no resting in the game. There was no regaining spells or abilities. There was no, um, like, doing more. It was just like, you're, you're done. 
when you're done. And so to to rest, you had to step out of the game. And anytime you did that, you actually leveled up. So not only did you rest, but you also like gained all of your abilities back, and you also get you got stronger. But you the the group was not allowed to continue until five people were at the table, and all five ha- are are like at their level they're supposed to be. So there's this element of strategy of like when do you step out? How many people are ready? How many people are on deck? Um, and it was a lot of fun. It was really intense because we did like one encounter and then we stepped out and we leveled up, uh, which didn't give our other folks a lot of time because you had to level up two characters. God, you would have to really you, know all your stuff. Yep. If I was there, I'd be like, I got ah, pretty good da, at da, I've got hands. Right, right. Yeah. So like I got pretty good at leveling up by the end of it. Oh, man. It was a lot of fun. We had a really good time. I choose cast light. I'm like, what? Why did I pick that one? Shit. I mean, light is very important. It's a useful spell. It's also level zero, so you probably started with it. Well, I don't... You know how long it's been since I've played? Oh, it's been about two years? Two and a half? Well, your emails... Let's see. Last time I, I saw you talk about... Speaking of which, I need to start Pathfinder again, was January of 2014. Sounds about right. So I, I went up which, to Grand Rapids with, uh, shoot, what's his name? I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to figure that out. Okay. But I'm, I'm glad you had fun. I had a lot of fun. Like, it was just, it was so good. I lost again. I, I have yet to win pathfinder Athon four years in. Is there some sort of trophy or something? Or uh, Historically, it was chocolates. Like, the winning team got chocolates. And the winning player got, like, uh, what they give them? Last year was a bag of holding, oh, which is a, okay. a, just like a, yeah, it's like a, a nice satchel. Yeah. Uh, this year, what, we're, what they decided to do is start a new tradition of the winning team gets their picture taken. Now that the, the guy who runs it has a house. And the the winners of each year are going to be printed and put up into the, their library, which is where everyone plays Pathfinder. Gotcha. So that was my last weekend. Okay. Very different weekends. Very different weekends. Also uh, saw Solo, the movie. God, I still have to see that. But, you know, I have to be very selective about what movies I want to go see. <laughs> Don't don't quite have as much uh, much time to go to the movies anymore, huh? Nope, 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 nope. Can't just disappear for three hours at a time? Nope. No spur of the moment. Hey, you know what? It would be fun to go see a movie tonight. Well, if I was going to do anything, I would probably have to do it at work. <laughs> so my boss, actually, when I called him up to ask him a question, he was like, so did you see Solo yet? And I'm like, no. Like, Why haven't you seen it I yet? Have, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, you know, I I have a one year old, not even. Like, of course, I haven't gone and seen Solo yet. I got stuff to do. Yep. You poor thing. I know. Oh, it was <laughs> okay. So this is can I can I tell you a slightly funny story? But it's it's IT related. So I don't know if you're gonna find it amusing or not. So I'm sorry. It's what? It's IT related. So I don't know if you're gonna find it amusing or not. Oh well, maybe tell it anyway. All right. So. Yesterday, we're working on upgrading our servers because we've got our domain controller, which is kind of the brains of our network at work, um, running on an old 2003 server. 
So we get, you know, the other server up and we've let them, you know, basically talk to each other for a while. And I'm in the process of basically taking down the old server gracefully. And I run its little program to basically turn it not to be a domain controller anymore. And it finishes up. And at the very end, it says, hey, you know, finish this all off. I need you to reboot the computer and then it will come back up again as just a regular computer and not a domain controller. So I go to reboot that computer. I hear the fan spin up and then they spin right back down again. And I'm like, huh, that's weird. It's in another room. Uh, And I'm waiting for the uh, remote stuff to show up and never does. I'm like, hmm, this is weird. So I walk over there. Yeah. Motherboard failure. Oops. System has halted during boot sequence. Cannot get past it. Motherboard failure. Oops. I thought this was going to be a funny story. Well, it's literally because I had just taken it down from being an important server to just being a server literally just, you know, five minutes ago. So it's like, you know, I'm glad yeah. I did it at that time because if I had to reboot that server, my guess is it would have that's, rebooted that's good timing. and then failed. And then it would have been an important server and then I would have had a whole shit ton of stuff that I would have had to try and do to remove it from the domain remotely. And oh, literally was just like... yeah. <laughs> That that is some good timing on a server failure. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, look at that! That server failed. Good it's thing just, that you took care of it. Yep. So yeah, that was my, that was my. I, I don't have any I funny. I called my boss to make sure that I did everything. You know, everything was okay, and then he was like, "Yeah, no, it should be fine." Have you seen Solo yet? And it's just like, <laughs> no. no. I'm I'm curious what you what you'll think of Solo if and when you see it. Yeah, my uh, my assistant saw it actually last night, and he texted me, I think, 15 minutes after he left the theater, mm-hmm. going, I need you to see Solo so we can talk about it. Yep. Like, left the theater 15 minutes ago, I need you to see this. You need to see this movie. Yep. Uh, have you watched the Clone Wars cartoons? Nope. I know they Have you exist. watched Star Wars Rebels? Uh, nope. I know it exists. You might want to look at their Wikipedia pages and, like, the plot summaries okay. before you go see Solo. I... Why? Are there Easter eggs that I'm going to get? No. I wouldn't call it an Easter egg. Okay. I, I'm not going to tell you any more than that, because to tell you more would be to, like, spoil the movie. Well, yeah, don't do that. I'm okay, getting so a phone is call. Not, this hang is on. not a topic, but this is an excellent hang question. Hang on, hang on, what? Andy, hang on. Yeah. I'm getting a phone call real quick. All right. Sorry. Anyway, topics. We have a, sh- a lot of topics. Well, I was actually going to ask you a question about Solo. That's not a topic, but it, I, now that we're talking about Solo. Okay. We, we have a lot of topics. I know. But go ahead. Uh, yes. Box office for Star Wars Solo, a Star Wars story. Was eight million on Friday. Okay, that's a seventy-seven point two percent drop from last week. Okay, um, you haven't asked a question yet. Are there too many Star Wars movies coming out? No, because there's know, just the the first three new Star Wars films that have come out. Lucasfilms has already uh, grossed four point five billion, and so Solo, after ten days, is only going to be a hundred and forty-eight million. Yeah. Your, so your question like, is, are there too many Star Wars movies? The answer is no. So what must the conclusion be, Andy? That people don't care about Solo? Or? People care way too much about the other Star Wars movies? Or? Andy, why might a movie's box office numbers be low? It was released at the wrong time? That's part of it. But also, if it's a bad movie, Andy, I'm not sure that fits in your worldview, the idea that a Star Wars movie could be a bad movie. No, I could see Star... uh, Heck, Star Trek. (laughs) Half the movies 
We're bad movies. Star Wars. Well, I'm or just are you saying, saying like, in you know, Star Trek? Are you comparing Star Trek to Star Wars? I'm comparing Star Trek to Star Wars. You know, Star Trek is okay. a, Star Trek's had some to do, but... great movies. They've also had some shitty movies. Yeah. So, you know, you're so, asking me, hey, can there be a bad Star Wars movie? Yes. Yes, there can be. Right. Right. So that's my, my point is, Andy, that is why it's low box office numbers. It's not that people are tired of Star Wars. It's just it's not a good movie. They are comparing the box office numbers to other great movies like X-Men, The Last Stand, X-Men Apocalypse, The Twilight Saga right. sequels, and Batman v Superman. Which were all bad movies. Bad movies. I'm, I'm not sure what the difficulty is here. I'm not sure what the question is. No, people are not Star wars out. It's just not a really good movie. Did this movie need to be made? Did the movie need to be made? Mm -hmm. Does any movie need to be made? Well, I feel like the uh, the new Star Wars trilogy that's coming is in the process of coming out. Yeah. I feel like that almost needed to be made to kind of, you know, I love the first line of the movie is like, here, I hope this, you know, atones for our sins. Puts things to right. Yeah. You know, I feel like, you yeah, know, but, nobody but wanted the prequels to be, to be made. There. No, Solo didn't need to be made. It is it is not a story that had to be told it's not a bad story they just didn't do a good job with it do you think this is going to put the boba fett movie in jeopardy no i want to so my co-worker put it best and like i don't want to say too much more because you haven't seen the movie and i don't want to like ruin it for you um but he said this is the iron man 2 of star wars movies i don't doubt it with the <laughs> See, box offices are weird, though, because it's like, you know, you have to pay before you actually play. And so you're going in but blind. When, so when, when, yes and no. I mean, box office also depends on people going back and seeing it multiple times. Or telling taking other, people, other people, hey, you have to see this movie. Right. Like, my, my, if you were to say, Dave, should I go see this movie? My response would be, if you want, like, it's 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 a fun distraction. There are probably better things to do with your time. And that's why the box office numbers are low. OK, it's it is the Iron Man 2 of the Star Wars cinematic universe. The idea is Marvel's trying to treat Star Wars or Disney is trying to treat Star Wars like Marvel. Marvel. Disney is trying to treat Star Wars like Marvel and it's not working. They haven't figured that out yet. Okay. All right. Well, I'll see if Kate wants to go see it. If Kate wants to go see it, we'll have to figure out a time. If she doesn't want to go see it, then I'll most likely just take a long lunch somewhere and go see, it, see during it on work. a Tuesday. Yep. See, for me, like, it's, it's, not a, it's not a bad movie. It's just not a really good one. It doesn't feel like it's a Star Wars movie so much as it is a movie set in the Star Wars universe. Ah, so like some of the extended universe um, books. Except they wanted it to be a Star Wars movie, and they really tried to make it a Star Wars movie. And like it just it didn't work out great for them. So we should probably hit topics since yes. we have like 20. Oh, shoot, we have 20? I, I didn't know I was trying to post these topics by my phone. Which was an interesting... 17. Um, we have 17 topics, Andy. It, it was interesting trying to, uh, to post topics to our website from my phone. Let me just tell you that. But I got it done. I, got, I think I might got all these things right. Okay. Fallout uh, 76 I, was announced. Yes. With... <laughs> where's, where's the... A Twitch where's stream. That one? 
I mean, you're not still on your phone, right? Yes. No, I'm not on my phone anymore. I am currently on my computer, which I love that the most read topic on the side of this article is, where should Star Wars go after Solo's box office disappointment? Yep. Well, where did MCU go? To better places, to other places. Who was Uh, actually after Iron Man 2? Iron Man 3. Was that the, no, what was the... uh, It wasn't the immediate next one, but like, it it was in there. 11. Iron Man 2 was 2010. I think it was, uh, was it Captain America? No, or, or was it Thor? Which, that was, Thor was okay. Okay, but like, it, it was not the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we have today. No, no, it was not. Also, let's stop talking about Solo. Right, so, Bethesda started a Twitch channel for yes. basically they, well, 24 they have a Twitch channel. Yeah. So they uh they started streaming on their Twitch channel which basically had a Vault Tech statue and a screen that says please stand by and they basically ran that for 24 hours. Yeah. They, and they that started was, it and then at the end of 24 hours and like people would come in and like do things to the statue. Yeah. Or, you know, randomly walk by or, you know, do a puppet. It was just random things would happen just randomly. But for yeah. basically 24 random hours, they had random. Yeah, they had over 2 million unique visitor, visitors to the stream. Yep. And for most of the stream, there are more than 100,000 people watching at any given moment. Yep. No one wanted to miss out. And they had a little teaser trailer at the very end for Fallout 76, which everybody says is going to be their version of DayZ and Rust. And I went, I mean, oh, except poop. no one knows what it's going to be. This is what the rumor is, but like no one has any proof. Bethesda certainly is not telling people what they've got. Well, we'll find out at E3. At Bethesda's gigantic, like, four-hour press conference. On, is there, are they on Saturday? I don't they, know. That's next week, right? order of the things. But Andy, what happened to your amazing Google Foo? I'm currently holding a coffee can and a mouse at the moment. I don't have my hands by my keyboard. No. I just know that June 9th is Saturday, and that's when all the keynotes start kicking off. Okay. So that is is Bethesda. Um, Other video game. There's actually quite a bit of video game news in here. Um, What would you like to talk about? Uh, uh, Dealer's choice. A game was a game was released on Steam called Overload. Okay. Look forward to a review of Overload. Overload is the um, developers from Descent. Oh, okay. Went back and made a game. It's basically Descent, but like modern. $30. We'll find out what it's like. Um, PUBG and Fortnite are suing each other. How? Which is to say PUBG is suing Fortnite. But I what thought, do you mean how? But, wait, who came out first? PUBG. Well, Fortnite was out first, but PUBG, Fortnite copied PUBG's style. Like Fortnite added that battle royale form of game that did not exist before and remember there was that whole thing about like um fortnite is done by unreal which is the engine that PUBG uses and so they were saying oh unreal stole some of our stuff but i love that PUBG was based off of an arma mod that dropped 100 people into a thing and yeah. basically was you know the yeah mod was like, the start of the thing there have been there have been tons of games based on mods that's that's usually Do- fine because they're not copying Oh, right. Like Dota is based on a mod. Um, but like actually stealing content and code, that's not cool. You know, it'd be poetic. What? Is if you actually get the studios in real life, all their workers, 
drop them on an island in the middle of nowhere and actually have them play a giant game of like paintball or laser tag to try what? and find actually do their game in real life do a battle royale in real life on some island somewhere and that decides you know or you know use the course of law <laughs> but that's not, not trial fun. by combat are you literally suggesting that they use trial by combat? Yes, I'm suggesting running man. Andy! <laughs> yes. We have laws. They exist for... <laughs> if you insist on trial by combat, I challenge you for ownership to your house. And I demand trial by combat. What combat, though? That's the... Uh... Uh, I don't know, probably like a series of games that the two of us pick and decide on. Uh, maybe things like Magic the Gathering, StarCraft. It's like our old head-to-head stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. that's exactly what I was referencing. Mm-hmm. God, that was a long time ago, wasn't it? Yes, yes it was. Um, Moving on. Intellivision is coming back. That's a... They, getting on, on, on board, I guess, would be like... Everyone's building a retro console. So, like, Nintendo released the NES Classic and the SNES Classic. Atari's releasing the Atari Classic. Um, so, Intellivision wants to return and do their own... Or do they want, like, a new console? There's no way they have enough money to do a new console, right? Like, that company hasn't existed in years. No, uh, the console was discontinued in 1990. Yeah. Which, okay, so do you, did you see who the president of this new company is going to be? Yeah, Tommy Tallarico. Yeah. Mr. Video Games Live is going to try and run the company. I... Yeah... I, I don't think it's... Uh, yeah, I'm not really sure what he's planning. It's kind of weird. I don't know what he's planning either. He says, he hopes to both reimagine the Intellivision for the 21st century while still recalling its legacy. But, like, you're not going to be able to make a new console. You have to compete with Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo, and their shit is, like, really well-researched and well-developed. Tommy Tallarico... I don't think has the money to come in and start competing on that level. No, I could be wrong. I'd love to see that I'm wrong, but I also don't want to see him like throw away some huge amount of money, generate a bunch of hype, get a bunch of promises and then do nothing. It, yeah, this is uh, I, it, I don't think this is going to go anywhere. No, I mean, we'll we'll watch it. We'll, yeah. we'll probably talk about it like the year in review and be like, oh yeah, Tommy Tallarico wanted to do something. Whatever happened to that? Sorry, Tommy. He's making music. Your concerts are amazing. Yeah. Video games live. Good. You know, getting the Grammys to include video game composition. Good. Yep. This? Not so good. In television console that no one asked for. Not not great. No. So speaking of other old consoles and such, uh, sad news. Ted Dabney uh, passed away. Okay. Do you know? Do who I know that? Name? Not offhand. Should I? Do you I? know who Nolan Bushnell is? Yes. Nolan Bushnell was the founder of Atari. The co-founder of Atari. Really? Do you know who the other person was? I'm going to guess it was Ted Dabney. You are correct. Yes. Okay. The co-founder of Atari, the man who created Pong. Uh, I thought that was Al Elkhorn. No, I thought he did. Uh, no, I don't think he did Pong. Oh, you're right. It uh, might have been. I'm pretty sure Al Elkhorn designed Pong. Computer scientist best known for creating Pong, where he met Ted Dabney and several other people uh, that would end up being consult, uh, constants through Atari. 
Alcorn designed Pong under the direction of Bushnell and Dabney. Okay. That that oh. is uh, that is said. Alcorn yes. said in an interview this week, Ted came up with the breakthrough idea that got rid of computers so you didn't have to have a computer to make the game work. It created the industry. Yes. So yes, one of the founders of the video game industry. Of the video game industry passed away. Man responsible for essentially everything. Yeah. Well, the arcade industry. Mm-hmm. But the, the home console industry would have been nothing without the arcade industry. Yes. So when you're sitting there playing something on basically any platform, make sure you raise a glass. What else we got here? I mean, tons. Uh, a, a gentleman managed to get Super Mario World running on an NES. What? <laughs> How? He has a Super Nintendo game running on an unmodified Nintendo Entertainment System. That's crazy. Okay, so he hacks the circuit boards of the cartridge to outfit them with a Raspberry Pi 3. All the information from the SNES ROMs on the Pi gets filtered through a program to translate the data into something the NES can understand and render it on screen via the hacked cartridge. Oh my gosh. So the cartridge has a Raspberry Pi. Yes. And essentially the Raspberry Pi is outputting the signals that the NES processes and interprets as something to go on the screen. So he is reverse emulating Super Mario World. Now, I'm not quite sure why you'd want to do that. Other than to be like, hey, look at this cool stuff we can do. Hey, man, Raspberry Pis, they're amazing. Yeah, uh, I mean, you, you probably learned a ton of stuff from it. I'm actually thinking of, you know, trying to use some of the Raspberry Pi stuff here at work to, you know, handle equipment that's old and try and, you know, make it so I can actually, you know, record it remotely and have it you know email me when there's an issue (laughs) good luck Mm -hmm. hey man i just need gpio stuff gpios you just need to monitor levels of things yeah i mean you could use a raspberry pi you could also just use an arduino couldn't you probably or but i already have a raspberry pi on hand so Ah. so write it for the pi and then buy a pi zero and use that because the Pi Zero is just, like, tiny. It's small. Well, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Zynga uh, bought another company. How is this company still relevant? I don't know, but Zynga actually reported its first full-year profit in seven years. So basically forever. I, I guess so, yeah. So 2017 was the first profitable year for Zynga since 2010. But they're actually, I guess, making money, and so they turned around and spent $250 million to <laughs> buy a company I've never heard of. Graham Games? Yes. Have you ever heard of Merge or Merge Dragons? No, I have not. Because I guess it's an ongoing hit, according to them. That, that may be, just not here with the people that I know. Oh my god, why? Okay, well, there's still a thing, and they still have money, evidently. We see Merge Dragons as a forever franchise that can grow into something big. Okay. Maybe I need to check what Merge Dragons. Oh, no, I think I did see... Actually, Laura might play this game. (laughs) Now that I think about it, Laura might, or I know I've seen ads for it. I've definitely seen ads for it. Uh, I have a I have a game whose business model is fantastic, 
which is like you can get a power up by watching a 15 to 30 second advertisement. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, Puzzle Quest was doing that for a bit. Yeah. So like if I've got a couple minutes to spare, I'll just turn on the ad with the sound off and just push the phone to the side and do other stuff because because then it is, you know, it's got the ad and then I get the bonus without having to watch the ad. You see, ours are a bit more, hey, you know, finish this thing, watch this ad, and it's like, well, wait a second, this is, I didn't sign up for this part of it. Yeah, no, this is entirely optional. Like, you you don't need to watch the ads. You actually have to go to the thing to watch the ads. You have to to click one, two buttons to watch an ad. But when you watch the ad, you get a bonus. And some of the ads have definitely been for Merge Dragons. Ah, okay. Um... Yeah. Oh, non-gaming news. There's a new Did attack. Did we hit all the, the gaming news? Is there no, any? we can we can go back to it. I want to talk about this, though. This is really, really interesting. Okay. Uh, it's, it's a new attack vector for disrupting computers using That's sound. That's not a good thing. That, yay! Using sound. It uses, you can, so uh, the, the way it works is it uses uh, high frequency and ultra high frequency, so ultrasonic, uh, to disrupt the hard disk. The attacker used a speaker hanging from a ceiling that rested about four inches above the surveillance system's HDD. Sound that lasted for 105 seconds or more caused the stock Western Digital hard drive in the device to stop recording altogether until it was rebooted. Oh my god. Yep. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Another example, they used the, the computer's own speakers to play the sound that disrupted its own hard drive. Essentially, you get the hard drive to start vibrating, and if it vibrates hard enough, it can go into like its own protection mode because it thinks its head crashing, and so it it locks the head so that it doesn't crash. But that also means that it could like do crappy stuff so that it doesn't actually work. <laughs> the research is largely esoteric because there are already much easier ways to temporarily take down computers and embedded systems. Oh yeah, but still, like think of all the heist movies where like. Oh, no, they've got a super high-tech ultra-surveillance system. They're like, wait, I can do this. And they just, like, walk by where the computer is and just put the phone down there and press play and then keep walking. That is just so weird. How come you, or what happens if you just get some sort of, because I know we got, we have, like, ultrasonic cleaners, or I've used ultrasonic cleaners before, which is, like, a basket that actually, like, vibrates at ultrasonic frequencies. Mm -hmm. What if you just get one of those and literally, like, set it on the thing and then, you know, turn it on and walk away? I don't know. Try it. I'm not going to go and try and purposely try and crash my own laptop. That's no, not going to, not going to try that part of it. Then, then don't try it and wonder forever. Forever. Dave, what I need you to do yeah, is go, go to your house. And, and no, not, not, not try it on mine. God, my yeah. laptop's already having enough issues. Yeah, I, I can hear that, actually. You can hear it? <laughs> your, your audio keeps cutting. Yeah. Laptop you know who else had problem. issues? Who? Amazon. Uh-oh, what happened to Amazon? Uh, Amazon, not all of Amazon, just Amazon Spain canceled pre-orders for Crackdown 3, which... I completely forgot that Crackdown 3 was a thing uh, because it's, it's been delayed. Like it was announced four years ago and yeah. keeps getting delayed. Uh, but there you can you can do pre-orders on Amazon and Amazon Spain canceled the pre-orders, which made people go like, oh, man, not again. Is it delayed more? And then Microsoft came out and said, like, nope, nope, this wasn't us. 
we we are not delaying again. Uh, talk to Amazon. And Amazon's like, we aren't sure what happened, but we can start looking. So it's a blame game. No one knows who's at fault. But Microsoft is claiming it's not them. That would suck. Like, you pre-order from a, a company, you wait, you wait, you wait, the game gets pushed back, game gets pushed, and then eventually your pre-order gets canceled? Like, that's crappy. Yeah, that's uh, not fun. No, that's super awesome. Super terrible. Uh, what else? Well, if we're talking about non-game news... Yeah? We talked about how SpaceX was trying to catch the nose cone. The fairing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, they don't want it to uh, land in the ocean because, you know, salt water is corrosive. Okay. And um, fairings cost about $6 million a piece. Uh, they're getting closer. They only missed the latest one by 50 meters. That's really impressive. But, like, are they trying to catch it on the automated barge? Uh, no, there's a boat called Mr. Stevens. Why is it called Mr. Stevens? Or Mr. Steven. I'm not sure why it's called Mr. Steven. It's just, it's Mr. Steven. But it's an automated boat. Uh, or, let's see or like, it's... is it a, uh, it's not a boat with people on it. God, I love this company. Uh, fairings have used cold gas thrusters and a guidance system to control themselves. They plummet back to Earth at eight times the speed of sound. A fairing Earth's atmosphere. Parafoil is dis- deployed. Fairing halves are then able to steer themselves towards the general location of the ocean. Uh, it looks like this is actually a manned um, boat, it looks like. If you actually just search for Mr. Steven, they show images of it. Mr. Steven boat. Oh, okay. The FSV fairing catcher. That is definitely a manned boat. That is a giant net. Holy crap, that's a big net. Yeah. So they're trying to just get the boat under it as it's coming down. Its name, at least according to Musk, is just random. Ha. Huh. Mr. Stephen. At the New Iberia port, the naming scheme is pretty common. Other boats in the port include a Mr. Ridge, a Mr. Mason, a Miss Christine II, Mr. Evan, and Miss Grace. <laughs> as seen from our catcher's mitt in boat form, Mr. Stephen. So they're trying to catch it. Are they going to reuse them even if they miss, like if it hits the the water? I'm not sure. I mean, you know, just put a fresh coat of paint on it. Put it in the wash, it'd be grand. Yeah, it'll be fine. Just power wash it. Yeah. Put a new a new coat of paint on it, and you're all good. Heck, you know, if even if you spend less than three million dollars getting it back up to spec, you're still saving money. Ahead. money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to pay for the boat. You got to pay for the people on the boat. You got to pay for their time. Yeah. I love how he took a pass high speed passenger ship and modified it to just be this giant catcher's net. net. It's it yeah. is a it is a giant catcher's net. That is what it is. So yeah, so they missed it by fifty meters. Fifty meters. So half a football field, just over half a football field. Yeah. So he's saying next time he's going to try a bigger parasail to try and slow it down even more to try and get the boat under it, under it, (laughs) which this whole thing is just it's a little silly, but, you know, whatever. It's Elon Musk. He can do whatever the hell he wants. Uh, Other interesting tech news. Alexa skills are going to be automatically chosen. What? So Alexa uh, has, well, Amazon has added a new 
feature for people who design skills where on the skill they can list a can fulfill intent request. And so it will when you ask it, if it doesn't know right away what you're trying to do, it will pass the information to the can fulfill intent request which can then come back and say, here's the list of skills that can fulfill this. And then using machine learning, it will figure out which ones are the best ones and bring that back to uh, to the, the the Alexa device. And then... <laughs> oh, you were close there. I was really close. And then it will use that skill. Don't I have to authorize skills on the Echo, though? Yes. So I think it will just do the skills you've authorized. Which there are not many authorized on my account. Okay. But it means that you don't have to do, like, the keyword for that thing. Oh, yeah. So if I asked my Echo to play the Tigers, right. I wouldn't have to tell my Echo, hey, Echo, ask the MLB to play the Tigers. Right. For me, it wouldn't be, Alexa, tell Jewel to set temperature to 78 degrees. Okay, that could be interesting. Makes it a lot more usable. Yeah, man, I got to hook my Google Home back up again because I really want to try that one out as well. Because some uh, last the last couple of times I've asked the Echo, Echo questions, mm-hmm. it has not been helpful. Mm, yeah, I've noticed that. I'm I'm usually much better like Googling on my phone. Like I wanted to know what the difference was between an English muffin and a crumpet. What is the difference between an English muffin and a crumpet? I'm not sure because my, uh, okay, uh, English muffins are normally cooked on both sides. Yeah, you know, like literally two seconds with Google, boom. I'm guessing if I ask my Google Home, you know, what's the difference between an English muffin and a crumpet, I could probably get the right answer. Yep. So what is the difference? Uh, crumpets are just using, uh, just made doing just baking soda, where English muffins are actually yeast. Ah. Loose batter for a crumpet. English muffins are actually more of a firmer dough. Crumpets are always made with milk. English muffins are never made to with milk. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Literally, like, so that's the first, you know, I took do just English a few seconds with crumpet. Google. Yeah. Our Echo, though, did not. Nope. Nope. Maybe it was searching Bing. <laughs> oh. Maybe. Moving Speaking of other ridiculous on. things. Yeah. California is trying out a trial of e-plates. What the hell are e-plates? E-plates is a license plate akin to an Amazon Kindle. Why? Like, how is that any cheaper than just printing out a plate? I don't know. I haven't even figured this out. The first trial is taking place with a fleet of 24 City of Sacramento-owned Chevy Volts, wearing plates supplied at no cost by Reviver, which is the company that's created this thing. The new monochrome units, which were also just rolled out in Dubai, comply with reflectivity standards and are GPS-enabled, allowing owners to track a stolen vehicle or at least a stolen plate. Registration can be paid via the internet, which, hey, I can currently do that with mine. Yeah, like, I'm... What? Yeah, it's this an seems entirely like a digi- slightly over-engineered solution. <laughs> the city of Sacramento has already had to talk to the employees union to make sure that they say that they will not use the plates to track workers since the plates are GPS enabled. Yeah. How about like someone cracking the screen on one of the plates or, you know, hacking the plate to change the the display? <laughs> well, that would be horrible. Yeah, it's... Oh, oh God. 
I just reached the part of the article which told me the price. How much is it? Currently available on vehicles purchased through a handful of dealers in Sacramento, the Bay Area, a setup will run you $700 for the digital plates, plus about a $7 a month reoccurring fee. So this is really just like someone owed someone a favor. That's what I'm thinking, yes. Because this is bullshit. <laughs> this is somebody finding, yeah, a solution for a problem that didn't exist. Yeah, this, this is bullshit. Making some like right. Rube Goldberg type overly complicated thing this is not, for no apparent reason. This is not going anywhere. Like, this will not go anywhere. This is stupid. I, who was it? I think there was actually, uh, so yeah, no, yeah. Oh yeah, you can pay it online. Well, I can already do that. Thanks. But you know, I can already pay for it. The little tag comes in the mail. I just stick it on the license plate. That's fine. You know, oh, we can track your plate. Well, I really don't want you to do that. Yep. $700. That's a bit much. If that gets in an accident, are they going to pay for the, the cost in case, yeah, if the screen gets cracked in an auto accident, your license plate is SOL and you have to spend another $700 for another setup plus $7 a month? Right. Well, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hang on. $7 a month. How much is registering your car? Uh, registering my car. Because I'm pretty sure I pay $90 a year for registration. Well, yeah, but you'd probably still have to pay the $90 a year for registration. I feel like the $7 fee would be on top of that. Oh, that would suck. If it were a replacement of, I, I could understand that, and I could even get yes. behind that. But yeah, uh, if it's if it's just like... Hold on, I'm, no, I'm just curious. Michigan plate replacement cost. Lost or stolen license plate. You may obtain a replacement plate at a Secretary of State office for $5. <laughs> $5 it costs you to get a new plate in Michigan. Yep. Ugh. That's, uh... Yep. Way to go, California. Way to ruin it for Way the rest go. of us. Yep. Uh, although, at the same time, the California Senate did just pass a net neutrality bill. Oh, yay! <laughs> yay, California? <laughs> Not quite sure. Like, it goes back and forth. Yeah. Uh, anything? Oh, the FCC could argue that the California rules directly contradict federal level regulation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, it, it would have to get challenged. So, yeah, New York's rule was an executive order stating that, you know, any, uh, what, executive contracts must require net neutrality standards of blah, 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 yep. if I remember correctly. Uh, I think so. I don't know. Yeah, supposedly the official net neutrality death date is uh, June 11th. Okay. But, you know, courts. Yeah, well, we'll see. We got a week. Oh, yeah, the uh, AT&T Time Warner thing should supposedly be out by the end of the month, according to the judge who was hearing the case. Oh, no, he says uh, he will announce his decision on June 12th, actually. Oh, so the day after. June 11th, net neutrality will die. June 12th, the judge is going to rule on the AT&T Time Warner antitrust trial. Yay. Those sound both like they're going to go absolutely in, in our way. Spoiler alert, prepare to be disappointed. And then people are thinking, you know, the ruling on the AT&T Time Warner is going to set up the precedent for the Sprint T-Mobile merger. Yep. Which, like, on the one hand, yes. On the one hand, slightly different. Yeah. I was listening to uh, my communicator show, which, uh, you know, I listened to a C-SPAN show. How nerdy that is. 
Um, they had one of the uh, one of the Republican former FCC chairman talking about something on there and some other uh, group, and they were both agreeing that you know less competition is not good. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, did somebody do the math? Because you know they, he specifically during the his argument stated that you know Verizon has you know 100 million, AT and T has 90 million, and you know a combination of these guys is going to be this million. I'm like. That's still less than both AT&T and Verizon. And he's talking right. about, you know, a, but, a, a triopoly I mean, is going to be he's, you know, he's, easier he's to control. Wrong. He's not wrong. Like, to be clear, less competition does not actually, like, it's not good. But, yeah, this is this is a weird one. Yeah. It, it's more yes, it's going to be less competition, but then the three and four. a duopoly. Yeah. Is is really what it is. Like Sprint and T-Mobile or rather AT&T and Verizon have a a duopoly. They they are setting the terms the way they want to set the terms. T-Mobile and Sprint are trying to be disruptive, but there's only so much you can do when you both are less than half the size of the next of the other two. Yep. Uh we should probably hit the randoms. Yes. That would be a good idea. It is my review. It is your review. By virtue of I'm taking dibs on the review. Well, I did last week's. Okay. Two last episodes. I am reviewing an application called Spell Tracker. Spell Tracker. Pathfinder Edition. Okay, here we go. So I was like, World of Warcraft. What? Spell Tracker Pathfinder Edition. Okay, here we go. It is an app to track the spell casting abilities of your characters. Well, it's very aptly named then. Yes, it is quite exactly what it's named. It is a spell tracker. Um, it's rather good for what it like going into it, understanding that this is what it does. It's really good at what it does. It is not a character sheet, but like, it says it creates your characters quickly and easily. Yes, but not like all of their abilities, just oh. what you need to know for casting spells. Gotcha. And even that is is kind of limited. Like you you are not going to be uh, going in here and adding a bunch of extra bonuses and some weird shit. It's just like this is this is kind of like here's what you expect. Here's what you have. Go with it. How many spells do you have remaining on each level at a specific time? Yep. So you put in your character, the basic stats, you know, the the physicals and mentals, the uh, character level, class levels. And then a couple other things. If you're like a wizard, you pick your school of magic. If you're a sorcerer, you pick your bloodline. And then you you know spells and you prepare spells based on those classes. And so then you have your, your spell list. And then you can open up your spell list and that's how you cast your spells. Be like, oh, I want to cast days. And I'm looking at days. It says cast is wizard. Casting time is one standard action. Duration is one round. Range is close. It doesn't tell you what the spell does. There is a link to go and view the rules of the spell, and that takes you over to um, the the D20 PFSRD, which is the online repository. So this needs internet access. Only if you want to view the effect of the spell. (laughs) Which, I don't know what telekinesis does. Well, but if you picked it as a spell for your character... Hopefully. I hope you know what it does. Yes, but I don't know, you know, okay, how many turns does this do? Does it... Yep, that that it has. That's built in. Okay. It's the description of the spell, the effect of the spell that it doesn't have built into the app. I cast telekinesis. Okay, what do you do? I don't know. (laughs) I open my Masterwork Tools Pathfinder Edition and look up the spell uh, telekinesis. 
Telekinesis. And I look at it, and it's a spell, and it is... You may move an object or creature by concentrating on them. Depending on the version selected, uh, the spell can provide gentle, sustained force, perform a variety of combat maneuvers, or exert a single, short, violent thrust. Standard action, level 5 wizard spell, duration... Ooh, concentration up to one round per level. So by the time you get this, you can, like, ten rounds straight just t- try and make people trip over. <laughs> by the time you get this, you can be an asshole, too. Yep. Bullrush, disarm, grapple, including pin, or trip. So all you, <laughs> you have a guy trying to charge your guy. All you can do is telekinesis, trip, stumble, fall. Yep. Resolve these attempts as normal, except they don't provoke attacks of opportunity. Use your combat, your caster level in place of your combat maneuver bonus, and add your intelligence modifier if you're a wizard, or your charisma modifier if you're a sorcerer, in place of your strength or dexterity modifier. That's a pretty cool spell. Cool spell, bro. Good choice. Uh, so the spell tracker allows you to say, this is, these are my spells prepared, and then as you go through, you can cast them, and it actually tracks rounds, so you know how much time you have left on the spell. Gotcha. So, neat. That's it. That is the review. I like it. It's really useful if you are playing a spellcaster. I will, uh, if I ever do anything like that again, I'll uh, keep that in mind. <laughs> okay. I also like that it can actually import character sheets from PC Gen as well. Yes. You just export the PC Gen file, and it can read from that and pull in all the, the spells. So, Andy. Yes. Random topic? Random topic. Rolled ahead of time? Yep. If you were one of the seven dwarves, which one would you be? Uh... God, I can't even think. Okay, so hold on. Let me see if I can name. Can you, can you do all the seven dwarves? Doc. Yeah. Dopey. Yeah. Doc and Dopey. Wow. Bashful. Sleepy. Surly. No, that's one of the, that's one of the Duff beers. Surly. <laughs> that's that's one of the Duff beers from The Simpsons. Sorry. Doc. On that grumpy. One. Happy. Grumpy. That's what I was thinking of. Grumpy, surly, happy, happy, sleepy, uh, dopey, bashful, and sneezy. Ah, yes, sneezy. I, I I think I'd be happy or sleepy. I tend to take things pretty well and, and like in stride and have a very positive outlook. So I think I'd, I'd go with the happy. I'm trying to think. Uh, Do you need them again? I'm not gonna be grumpy. Don't want to be dopey. It's... Don't want to just be drugged out your whole day. No. Okay. Not sneezy. Not bad. I, yeah, I'd probably be happier Doc. Okay. Evidently, Doc was supposed to be a doctor in the original, and then wasn't. Oh, there's a play buzz. Which of the seven dwarfs are you? Uh, not gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be prudent? Uh, wasn't do- gonna do that either, but okay. Oh, some of these are pretty, you know, related directly to the movie. Yep. All right. Have you picked? Survey says I'm dopey, son of a bitch. All right. And that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. 
thank you for listening.